the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Difference Makers. Welcome aboard. I'm Mike Lee, Director of Local Ministries for True Talk 800, the 93.9 KPDQ Network, AM 860, The Answer, KPAM, AM 1640, The Patriot, 93.1 L Ray, and 104.1 The Fish. Now, what an odd and awkward, unusual season of history that we're living through right now. But if your church organization live streams its services, we've rolled out a new service for you. It's the Church Service Live Stream Directory at kpdq.com. And if you'd like more information on how to get your church service on our page, just shoot me an email to mikelee at kpdq.com. That's M-I-K-E-L-E-E at kpdq.com. Our very special guest on the line was on earlier in 2020, and he is the newest CEO and president of the YMCA of Columbia Willamette. Tyler Wright was accepted into this position after previously serving as the CEO of the YMCA of the Foothills in La Cañada, California. He is a nationally recognized, mission-driven YMCA professional with more than 30 years of experience and commitment to the Y movement. His leadership, energy, and Y spirit are a welcome addition to our YMCA locally as he's joined them fairly recently in November of 2019. So welcome back to Difference Makers, Tyler Wright. How are you today, brother? Thank you, Mike. I am very, very well. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks thanks again for uh, spending some time with me. Always a pleasure to have you aboard, especially because the YMCA of Columbia Willamette is a great organization doing some wonderful things in our communities. And each of these communities is different from the other. So unique communities require unique services. So tell me what's up with the YMCA of Columbia Willamette, the areas that you're serving right now, and the services that you need to put out there as a result. Oh, thank you, Mike. I appreciate that. Well, um, and, and secondly, uh, thanks for still calling me new. I'm not sure when that title uh, actually dissolves, but I like still being new instead of being old. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I think our, I think the, the your, your listening audience uh, is is aware of our YMCA. I'm not really sure, though, um, as I've been here for, for now five months, I'm not really sure that the general communities are aware of the breadth of service that this YMCA has provided to the Columbia Willamette area. I mean, as you know, Mike, um, we celebrated our 150th anniversary last year in providing programs and activities uh, to the Columbia Willamette area. We were the organization that brought things like basketball, uh, uh, healthy living classes or fitness classes, if you will, resident camping, volleyball, swim lessons to our particular area. So we, we just had an amazing history and connection with our community and serving the members of our community. And I think what's unique about that as, as we are now in, the, in, the, in this new world, if you will, uh, created by our, this, pa- this tragic pandemic, 
um, I did a little digging on our history and, and just so proud of how this YMCA has consistently over these last 150 years uniquely served our communities in times of other crisis. Like as an example, I found out that in 1918, when the Spanish flu broke out, our downtown facility actually became an emergency uh, respite center for those that were afflicted with the disease, working with our local medical providers at that particular time. During the Great Depression, this YMCA joined other organizations in, in providing food to those that had lost their jobs and actually became an employment service organization if you will, working with the government in helping some of our residents find and seek jobs at that point. And just even recently at 9-11, we shifted a little bit, pivoted a little bit to offer what I would consider emotional relief type classes for those that either were affected directly by 9-11 or indirectly by it as well too. So very proud of this organization and how it, how it continually and consistently provides life-saving opportunities to our community and can pivot, if you will, when the world's not so, air quote, normal. So relative to the other YMCA campuses you've worked with over the years, Mm -hmm. what stands out differently about being here in the Pacific Northwest, Tyler? Well, I I think as we talked earlier, um, I really think it's how we have elevated the, the Christian aspect of this YMCA and and really honest to goodness have have uh, ensured that all, that aspect is in every service delivery model within this YMCA. Now I'm not saying that other YMCAs do not do that, but as you and I have talked, there are some YMCAs that, um, although still a Christian based organization, do not promote the Christian values that we promote here. And as you know, our Christian values are defined by love and uh, respect and honesty and responsibility and things of that particular nature. Um, so I think that makes us very unique, poised to be able to serve not only our Christian families, but all families of faith and even those that are seeking um, faith. So in this pandemic, as we have we have chosen to pivot again, and I was just on a call the other night when I heard YMCA's talk about reopening and reopening, and my comment was, we never closed. We may have had to shut down a certain aspect of our programming. But we never closed. We pivoted with with responsive responsive programs, but ensuring that our mission, our Christian emphasis, our Christian values are first and foremost leading us in those particular efforts. So how are you personally adjusting to the pandemic situation, Tyler, right? How has this affected your routine? Well, I will say, Mike, it, it's a lot easier uh, to get to the office. Not, not a lot of cars on the road right now. Um, it really, honest to goodness, um, because I'm an essential employee of the organization, um, it hasn't directly affected me as much as I think it has others, um, especially in our workforce. Um, I still come into our office, although I've shut the office down and asked people to work virtually. I still come in the office every day to check on things. Um, I'm out and about uh, checking on our our emergency child care workers at the sites that we've chosen to stay open to serve our, our respondent families. Um, we still have people in our facilities right now, uh, as limited as they are, and practicing good social distancing behavior that are taking this opportunity to clean and get our facilities um, um, spruced up, if you will. Um, and we're also doing a lot of virtual online type of activities. Just last Friday, we offered our first online virtual campfire for all of our currently enrolled and past enrolled uh, campers themselves. So I'm out and about just checking in on people, um, still make, still having conversations, individual conversations with members of our board, with those that, that are supportive of our organization. I host 
if it's not two to three, sometimes it's four to five virtual uh, Zoom uh, meetings, uh, mostly with people I just wanna make sure that we're still connected with. Um, we have a weekly meeting with our staff. Um, it's really not to talk about work, it's really to talk about what's going on. So we get to share life stories with each other. So it's not affected me as much as it has others. And it's truly given me an opportunity to honestly think differently on how we as a YMCA uh, operate not only during this time, Mike, but when this thing finally subsides, and it will subside, um, I have great hope for that. Um, I think it's given us an opportunity to think differently about what we do and how we do it. So have you had any surprises in this season of contemplation, in addition to the busy work that you're personally doing, Tyler, right, in hosting these Zoom meetings and these online services and checking up on your facilities? Mike, we found amazing surprises in this. And I, I'll just call out one that just, just I mean, it's, it's, a, it's such a blessing. As, as most of your listening audience knows, we're a membership organization, and, and some of your listeners might be members of our YMCA. Most of our members um, pay their membership dues either through a bank draft system, a credit card system, um, or pay it online. When this thing began to rise, we made purposeful calls to each one of our membership our members, whether it be program or facility members, letting them know how we are going, to, how we are going to, and how we were responding, and asking them to stay with us, to continually allow us to draft their membership as if that class that they were taking or that that exercise machine that they were using was still available to them. And we asked them if they would allow us to convert that membership to a donation so it would fund different parts of our organization. And I, today, and it's been two months since we did that, we're still retaining anywhere between 80 to 90% of our membership who are still paying their membership dues and allowing us to convert that to a donation so that we can scholarship emergency family mem families into our child care programs so i just just that's it's such a blessing and such an amazing surprise and it just shows to me the impact that this ymc has had and 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 most importantly this the support of this amazing community that's very admirable of your ymca members to continue their payments to help out others in an era where they can't go to the gym for instance what a wonderful thing to do i'm, I'm happy for you and that Yep. You were able to make that connection and give them the opportunity to help out others. So have there been other opportunities that you've been pleasantly surprised about in this pandemic season, Tyler? Uh, yeah, a couple of them. Um, as, as, as you know, Mike, and most of your listening audience knows, um, we have a, we're very proud of our chaplain program. Um, our chaplain program is a staffed type of program. Uh, where we have two paid chaplains within the organization. Uh, one of the really surprising, and again, <laughs> blessing surprise, if you will, uh, we've had several people reach out to us from the faith community. While obviously churches have also closed down to recognize what we're doing. Uh, we've had some of our faith leaders reach out to us and say, we'd like to work alongside of you. How can we connect with some of your members that, that might be facing some emotional duress, financial duress. How do we come alongside of your staff right now who, just like some of our heroic uh, medical personnel, our childcare people are our heroes. They're the ones that are still working today and providing childcare services to those that have been called back into the workforce. So we have probably now over close, I'd say probably about 50 to 100 faith-based uh, people, and these are faith-based leaders, working with us right now and making these kind of calls and reaching out to people. We've had Zoom spiritual meetings. Uh, we've had Zoom services offered. 
Uh, we're working right now in uh, Clark County, which is in Southern Washington. We're working right now on doing uh, virtual church services on Sunday. We have a church that actually worships within our facility itself. And they, they're asking, can we continue that? And if we do that, can we actually provide that service free to your members as well too? So what, a, what an amazing blessing is that. And I think, I think truly, honestly, Mike, the, the, I don't know if it's so much a surprise, but maybe it was just, it was reaffirmation of the work this Y has done. We've had several organizations reach out to us knowing that we're still here and say, can you help us? Or we have this idea, we would like to, we would like to use the YMCA. And here's one for everyone to know, Washington County here in Oregon is establishing this um, this thing, I guess you would call it, called an essential hub, where they're going to use a facility to um, distribute essential needs to families that have been, uh, that are suffering from this particular pandemic. So we've been asked if our Sherwood facility and our Hoop facility in Beaverton would serve as an essential hub where People can, members can come by and pick up food, uh, clothing, certain non-prescribed medical um, uh, pharmaceuticals and things of that particular nature. And as they're doing that, we're deploying some of these wonderful um, uh, chaplains of ours to also be there to pray for those individuals who come by. I love how you're reaching out to the community in this time of need and doing it in creative ways as well. Tyler Wright of the YMCA of Columbia Willamette. Make sure to follow YMCA of Columbia Willamette on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube as well. And when we return, Tyler, I'd love to discuss more of the current online services that you've added to help people out during this pandemic. Tyler Wright of the YMCA Columbia Willamette returns next on Difference Makers. Welcome back to Difference Makers. Mike Lee here with Tyler Wright, the CEO and president of the YMCA of Columbia Willamette which is continuing to reach out to people in the unique communities where they live in unique ways that they actually need. There is no real one-size-fits-all solution for the season we're going through. So, Tyler, I really appreciate what you and your team are doing to meet people where they are, and may you share the love of Christ while you do so. So do you have any people behind the scenes that are really stepping up throughout this season? How's it been for you and your staff? Well, thank you, Mike, and it is it's truly a blessing. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just so honored and humbled to be working with our volunteers, in particular our board of trustees. This is a group of individuals who, are, who have consistently given up their time their talent, their treasure, their knowledge to this organization. And in this time, this, this, this duress, this pandemic, when I see other organizations and, and some YMCAs choose to close, it was our board who essentially said to me, what are we going to do about this, Tyler? How are we going to address this? And closure is not an option. What do you need from me? And so besides their financial support, um, it's the sharing of ideas and it's the connecting of, of, of resources to our YMCA and our YMCA to their particular resources. And these are individuals who also have been um, who also have been affected by this pandemic. And these are working individuals, some retired individuals. And as you as you know, and our listening audience knows that 
finances have been disrupted and affected by this thing as well too. Yet this is a group of individuals and not just our, our, our corporate trustees, but also our local branch boards who are continually engaging with YMCA, encouraging our staff to continue to do good work and looking for opportunities to keep, keep us keep us thriving during all of this. So such a blessing to work with these people. And then, as I mentioned earlier in the earlier segment, the true heroes in our organization are those that still come to work every day to provide that kind of care for our emergency responding families. The ones who are honestly volunteering their time to, to uh, uh, teach a class online to some of our members who are, who are at home at this point. And to those that have chosen to wear masks and can do so to deliver food and comfort to families in their homes. So it's, it's, just, it's just, it really is. It's, I'm, I'm so honored, humbled, and blessed to be here and working with this amazing team. You work with many brave people and you're all on the same page. So kudos to each of you working alongside the YMCA of Columbia, Willamette. Mm-hmm. Regarding some of these food delivery services, how are supplies going and what precautions are you taking to make sure that your staff and the people that are being served remain as safe and healthy as possible? That's a great question. Thank you. So we, uh, we have been working with our local uh, health organizations, our local counties, uh, Meals on Wheels, food banks. Um, we're asking, look, we want to be a partner in this. How do we do so? So we're following a lot of their guidelines and regulations. So as families drive up, all of our staff are masked, um, wearing gloves. Um, if families enter into our facilities, we make sure that we maintain proper social distancing and we've spread, we spread supplies out in which to do so. Um, if we deliver something, and that's something that we just, we've just really begun to get into, it's the same type of pattern as we are asking our folks who do this on a day-to-day routine, how do we do this in this particular, uh, in this particular climate and culture? So again, our staff are masked, um, they're wearing gloves, um, they make sure that they're continually wiping down things with san- sanitizing agency, agents, um, washing their hands, things of that particular nature. We have one staff member who actually is susceptible because of certain respiratory issues. Um, so this person really guards themselves up a little bit by wearing uh, different type of clothing in which to do this kind of work. And this person could easily stay at home and said, no, God's called me here to serve. And now is the time for me to, to answer that call. So has this brought anyone to the forefront of your mind? That's been a pleasant surprise, Tyler, right? Where they were a nice enough worker, but because of the pandemic, they've really come into their own accord. Oh my goodness. That's such a great question. So I don't want to single out one individual. I will single out a, 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 a small group of staff members, if that's okay. Um, we're taking this 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 time, Mike, and l- looking at the opportunities and possibilities ahead for us, and even today. And so I bring a little bit of a at- different attitude to why work. Um, I'll, I'm not a traditionalist in any way, shape, or form. I'm not one to say, if it ain't broke, break it anyway. I don't come into organizations going, hey, that's that works great. Let's always keep it going. I ask questions. And I work on I work on a, um, a process of, of belief. And in the organization, I ask people, so what belief is driving um, your your approach to Y programming? Or your your what what belief are you holding about the YMCA? And so what's really fun and exciting is that our executive team, which is nine individuals who lead certain aspects of our operation throughout our entire service area, we are having weekly ideation sessions, virtual ideation sessions, and we're asking ourselves, what possibilities 
are, are ahead for us? What opportunities do we see coming out of this? And from that, we're beginning to challenge ourselves. What, what belief statements have we been holding on to? And is this an opportunity for us to take a look at that and think differently? I'm very proud of this particular team to actually think differently during a time when it would honestly be so easy, Mike, to just close the doors, shutter the windows, and, and put our heads under the covers. And our board in the same way. Our board's thinking the same way. What else can we do? How can we help? What about this? What about this? So it is take, it's taking traditional models like this wonderful, amazing childcare program that we offer, where, where before this, pre-COVID, we were serving anywhere between 23 to 2,500 kids on a daily basis. It's taking a look at that model and say, well, how can we do that differently? Would we do it differently? And if we did, what would that look like? So did that get the fires going when it came to what you're doing online today? Or was that already in motion? I thought that's another good question. Um, we stumbled into it because we, we, we heard that other people were well, we actually heard from our members like, while I'm at home, I want to stay fit. How do I do that? So we looked at other YMCA models and, and some for-profit club models and said, well, we could do that. Why Is there any reason that we couldn't teach a Zumba class virtually to people who stay at home? Is there any reason that we can't teach a spin class to people who are forced to stay at home? So we're finding, honestly, goodness, Mike, that some of our classes are more well attended virtually than they were when we actually physically offered them within our facilities. So one of those belief statements that we asked ourselves the other day, and this is a truism, I believe in the why, is that we believe physical health is taught within facilities. That's a belief statement. We're now challenging that by saying, we don't know if that's necessarily true. So one of the things that we're asking ourselves as, as things begin to find their new normal is we wanna continue these virtual classes. So how do we make that a benefit of membership? How do we make that a value add-on, if you will, to the membership things that we do already? And with that, we use adult wellness as our platform. We're offering just a variety of youth activities as well, too, to give parents who are staying at home a little bit of a break, a little bit of a reprise, if you will. So we're teaching arts and crafts, and we're doing fun games online, and we're doing actually physical activities with kids online. And as I mentioned earlier, we just hosted our first virtual campfire out at Camp Collins, um, for all of our campers and even those who weren't campers are welcome to attend. So these are things we're asking ourselves too, is that, well, could we continue to do those kind of things? Cause we're seeing amazing response to those things. So it's, it's like anything, if anybody knows the history of basketball, which the Y created, it wasn't with a bunch of people sitting around a room and thinking, well, should we? it was essentially seeing a, a, a gentleman named, we all know him, the guy who created basketball, who, who was in Springfield, Massachusetts, seeing a bunch of young men on this open court and his boss saying, do something with those guys down there. And we created basketball from something like that. So we're in the same place right now. We're asking ourselves to think a little bit differently. And is that something that we want to continue to do? Could you imagine if basketball was only a, I don't know, a six-week idea and died in 1892? Think about that. Of all the great stories we've heard of over the years, television mm -hmm. causing uh, quite a following to find out or rediscover the greatness of Michael Jordan, the basketball player. But without Charles Naismith, without the YMCA, none of this happens. Yep. Yeah. Without Mr. Without Mr. Naismith. There's one other thing, if I may, like to, um, that I'd like to share. Um, I think you and I had a, a conversation a while back that um, before this pandemic um, arose, we were looking at what I consider the crises facing our communities today. What are the issues 
facing our, 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 our families today? And is there, is there something that we as a YMCA can respond to? We came across several and one that was very alarming. It's not just, it's not indicative of just our area. This is something that's nationwide. We know based on national statistics that one out of five children under the age of five do not know how to swim and therefore are susceptible to drowning for whatever reason it might be, whether it's affordability, whether it's access, whatever it might be. And because of that, this is a true statistic that's a nationally born statistic, Mike, one out of every five children under the age of five do not know how to swim and therefore are susceptible to drowning. And the ever-increasing alarming rate of kids drowning causes us to action. And so we were already working on a program called Safety Around Water. It is a national model from the YMCA um, that we were going to bring here. It's not swim lessons. It's teaching people that if you fall into an open body of water, we're going to teach you practices, techniques, so that you can save yourself. And this was We were ready to launch this in April. Well, again, because of, because of executive orders, we've had to close our pools. That didn't stop us. So you actually now can go online with your children and you can take virtual safety around water classes, things that can be practiced within the bathtub at home, could even be practiced in a shower at home type of thing. So I'm just, I'm amazed at the creativity of our staff and our volunteers. That could have been one we could have said, yeah, we'll just wait for that kind of thing. And we're pretty sure during this thing, kids aren't going to be, are going to be in trouble to get around water. And no, we didn't. We said, no, we're a responsive organization. This is one that we want to we want to make sure that people know about and that we're doing something about it. Tyler Wright is the president and CEO of the YMCA Columbia Willamette. So, Tyler, do you see any other online resources coming your way down the road from now? Yes. Uh, I, uh, my board chair, uh, myself, our staff and members of our board are deeply concerned about what this pandemic is going to do around along around the area of achievement and education. I think there's going to be a bit of an achievement gap. And let's just say schools do resume and we all hope they do. And I, I hope I'm optimistic they will come next late August, early September. Is there going to be this disparity between those that have the ability to afford tutoring, if you will, and for those that do not? I have a, I have a good friend who lives in Salem. She has four children two sets of twins. She's forced now to homeschool her children. And she readily admits that her background is not education. And so she's working with the virtual classes that are being offered by the schools, as all of our schools are doing right now. Also ask, how can I continue to add on to that? I don't have the skill set for that. How do I do that? And so we're looking at this and saying, is this an opportunity for the YMCA to step in to help our local education institutions and ensuring that once the doors are open again, that all kids are on that same equal level playing field when it comes to education. So we don't know what that looks like yet. We're having multiple conversations with, uh, with some uh, individuals from universities through local school districts to say, how can we help? We, we reach, we reach 60,000 people on an annual basis. The majority of those people are, are children. How can we help you? Tyler, are these resources at the website ymcacw.org or are there any other websites that we need to inform people of? I think you can, uh, if you go to that, that's our primary website, Mike. If you go to that, there are links to other, to like local branch or local um, um, program 
facilities within our service area that you can click to. Excellent. Thank you for your information on that. Tyler Wright, President and CEO of the YMCA of Columbia Willamette. And those resources will be at the website ymcacw.org. That's ymcacw.org. And I'll make sure to link that up on our Facebook pages and also on the Difference Makers page at truetalk800.com. Tyler, can you tell us what you think of the Portland Good Friday Breakfast and the YMCA's connection with it? Oh, thank you. Well, as, as most of our most of our listeners know, unfortunately, we were forced to cancel our Good Friday breakfast because of executive orders. Um, we are in conversation right now with a, a group of volunteers that have been spearheading uh, this amazing effort about how do we continue um, not only the Good Friday efforts, but I think there is a desire amongst that group of people. How do we take this th- this idea virtual? and replicate it, not just on Good Friday, but throughout the year itself. So we're in conversations with that. I've I've actually shared with the committee that it's my desire that the YMCA remain very prominent with the Good Friday breakfast, is that we are the sponsoring organization of that particular event. And I just see such amazing opportunities with that event to promote not only the blessings of Good Friday, but the, the spiritual awareness work that our YMCA does within our particular communities. In all transparency, I've had the privilege to serve on the board for Portland's Good Friday Breakfast for the last several years. And when the transition was made from Open Arms International, a wonderful ministry, to the YMCA, in God's ultimate sense of humor and timing, that Good Friday happened to be on the exact day of the 150th anniversary of the YMCA in Portland. And it was almost funny and scary all at once. It's like, wow, it's as if God anointed (laughs) the Portland Good Friday breakfast to be taken over by the YMCA. So who's on your short list of dream speakers if you were to pick anyone, Tyler? Oh, I get in trouble when I say things like that. Um, Who's on my short list right now? Well, um, I don't want to call him out. Um, Lamar Hurd, who is the color analyst for the Portland Trailblazers, has a deep-rooted faith. Um, he's also connected to our YMCA as we offer a Trailblazer. We offer Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum's basketball camps at our facility in Beaverton. Um, I've listened to uh, Lamar's story. It's it's just an amazingly inspiring story. I'd love to see if we could connect with him. Um, from my days of Southern California, uh, as you know, Mike, uh, our YMCA uh, facilitated a prayer breakfast, and we also assisted with Good Friday breakfasts. Um, they're just a, an amazing amount of people that we're connected to, the, the Tim Tebow's of the world. I think you and I have discussed Michelle Obama, who is a huge fan of the YMCA and youth work and also has a wonderful faith story. We have, at my former YMCA, we actually have Ronald Reagan's personal assistant, she is the wife of one of the board members at my former wife. She just spoke at our last prayer breakfast. I reached out to her, said I would love to come up. And her whole story is about Ronald Reagan's faith and how it guided his presidency. So those are just a few of the names, and I'm sure there's a whole list of others. <laughs> well, just like it happened during this pandemic that weddings and high school graduations and countless other events had to be postponed, 
Portland's Good Friday breakfast will come back stronger than ever, God willing. And I'm thankful for your creativity and the ideas you brought to the Pacific Northwest. So thank you so much, Tyler Wright, new CEO and president of the YMCA of Columbia Willamette. And make sure that you follow YMCA of Columbia Willamette on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Check out all of the wonderful details on these websites ymcacw.org that's ymcacw.org in addition to portlandgoodfridaybreakfast.org when we return more with Tyler Wright of the YMCA of Columbia Willamette right here on Difference Makers You're listening to Difference Makers. Mike Lee here with my friend Tyler Wright of the YMCA Columbia Willamette. He started at the YMCA in 1987 as a volunteer camp director for the Wilshire YMCA in Los Angeles. Also working with the YMCA of Metropolitan Los Angeles, Santa Monica YMCA, Crescenta Cañada YMCA, YMCA of Orange County, Triunfo, Westlake Village, California, and now the Yarrow YMCA. In addition to the Helena Family YMCA in Helena, Montana, in the position of CEO, Tyler has been the president and CEO of the YMCA of the Foothills starting in 2010. He has been a YMCA national trainer in numerous areas, including group work, supervision, program planning management, teens, youth sports, camp, and a whole lot more. He's got two rambunctious sons, Travis, who is named after his brother and who is 22, as well as Trenton, age 19. So welcome back, Tyler Wright. Hopefully I got all those facts close enough. 22 and 19. Tell us the latest father-son story you shared. One of them's a Patriots fan, isn't he? Oh, my goodness. So my older son, Travis, who's now 22, is just a diehard Patriot fan. And I actually don't know where he got that from because I have never been a Patriot fan ever. I'm a Pittsburgh Steeler fan. Just as long as I can remember him watching football, he just fell in love with the New England Patriots. He calls me yesterday for those that are keeping track of the NFL and certain trades that have happened. He he leaves a message for me yesterday, Mike, and he sounded very despondent. And it was something like, Papa, I really need you to call me. I'm really sad. It's just such a bad day. I just really have to share something with you. And I knew what he was up to. And I called him back and I said, you're just upset because Gronkowski got traded. And he said, yes. (laughs) So he's he's actually, he's still a Patriot fan, but he's also realizing how much of a Tom Brady fan he is. Um, I got him involved in our fantasy football league a couple of years ago. And so he makes sure that every year he has Tom Brady on his team, which coincidentally, I made sure for years I had Tom Brady on my team as well, too. So he's kind of pulled right now. He says, should should I continue to root for the Patriots or should, should I now root for the Buccaneers? And I said, don't be a fair weather fan. You're supposed to be a Patriot fan through and through. Anyway, that's that's my Patriot story. Your poor son's all conflicted. <laughs> he really is. He really is. Did you hear that Tom Brady had the foresight not only to brand TB12 
12 being the number he wore with the Patriots and which was given back to him from one of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where he's moving to. Mm -hmm. But I believe he actually also got the rights to the term Tampa Bay, T-O-M-P-A Bay. So I wonder how many T-shirts is going to sell off of that. Oh, I know, right? It's like, it's like, well, I'm a Laker fan, you know, mo- most of my adult life was spent in LA. It's like Pat Riley coining the phrase three-peat. So Pat Riley actually owns the rights. To, I think it's still true. I don't know if that's just mythology or not, but I like to think that it might be true. Pat Riley owns three-peat. So it gives hope that Mike, maybe you and I can create a word and, and own it. Yeah. Some catchphrase or meme or hashtag yeah. that makes us millions <laughs> and millions of dollars, which would allow us to help out various outreaches and ministries in our own community. Speaking of which, YMCA Columbia Willamette, you do so many different services for the different communities in the Pacific Northwest. So there are people who want to help. And some of these people are young, healthy, gainfully employed, money in the bank. They want to be on the front lines. Others are called to help, but they need to be in the back row. Maybe physically they ought not be out, but God's provided them with resources they'd like to share to partner alongside what you're doing with the YMCA Columbia Willamette. So what's the best way for both of these groups to get involved with what you're doing? Well, I, I, I appreciate that, Mike. Thank you. And, and I know that there are so many worthwhile charitable organizations right now that are doing such amazing work. And I'd like to think that we're one of them as well. I think you and I talked last time I was here that there there's still a, a perception not only in our community, but nationwide, that the YM is not a charitable organization. In fact, I've encountered several people just since I've been here that people have said, I can donate to the Y? I didn't know the Y was a charity. So that's that's really, I think, on us as YMCA staff ambassadors to let people know that we are a charitable organization. And like charitable organizations, we heavily depend on the philanthropic support of our members and our communities. Our YMCA in itself raises close to a million dollars a year. This is pre-COVID to help offset some of our operational costs and to provide, I call it access. Some people like to use financial assistance or scholarship. I like to think that those philanthropic dollars open doors for people that may have not been able to uh, afford them. Um, So in this particular world in which we live now, um, we're offering um, emergency child care to over 300 uh, um, first responder families. And we're doing it at a very reduced rate because we know a lot of these people who are called back to work aren't the ones that make um, high earned salaries, if you will. Uh, maybe, it's, maybe it's a middle, middle income type of salaries. Yet their, their, their need of care as they're being called back to, to serve and tend to others. So we're offering emergency child care to over 300 families at 10 different locations, and it's literally a subsidized child care. So we actually right now, Mike, we began a campaign. We call it, we call it just our community campaign, assist our community in the efforts of, of, of which we're doing. And our hope was to raise $300,000 within 30 days. We launched this about two weeks ago. And I don't have all the numbers in front of me, but I think I'm safe to say that we raised well over $150,000. Our board of trustees has been amazing in showing their support. We've received some support from local foundations who actually have responded in ways to say in these particular times, we will be funding those that do provide services uh, to those in need during this pandemic. Um, And we're reaching out to a lot of our our, uh, historic donors as well, too, and we're seeing some amazing results time but 
every little bit helps. Um, we talk about fun stories, and I just love this story. We did a small effort at one of our uh, emergency child care centers, and we were explaining to our kids what we do and how we do and how giving is so important. And some young little boy reached into pocket and gave his teacher a nickel. He said, this is all I have. Is that okay? I think she broke down and cried when I heard that story. I cried as well, too, and enjoy. And it's just an example of saying every penny helps, every nickel helps. And the work, the, the, the work that we're doing, the money that we're raising will help continue to do that kind of work through the end of this particular crisis. And how about when it comes to your staff and your volunteers? Are they holding up okay? Are they having to work extended shifts and hours throughout the week to serve as many people as the YMCA Columbia Willamette is trying to? And if someone wanted to step forward and qualified, how would they best connect with you, Tyler Wright? Uh, well, I would share right now that uh, uh, if somebody is qualified and wants to help, we would actually probably employ them right now as a volunteer. Uh, we're still abiding by state licensing regulations, and so we would have to get them. We'd have to get them through the certification process, but uh, licensing has um, allowed that to be expedited, especially in this time of uh, in which we live. Um, our staffs doing an amazing job. Um, their their spirits are high. Uh, we check in daily with them, weekly with them to see how they're doing. Um, I'm, again, just so blessed and amazed at their spirit and their willingness. Um, I'm sure they're tired. Some are going above and beyond. Some are working 12-hour type shifts. Um, some are volunteering their time after their shifts are over. Um, some of our volunteers are actually working in some of our facilities right now. We have a board member who emailed me the other day and said, I want to help. I, I don't think I, I can I can help with your, the children in child cases. Is there something else we, I can do? Uh, and as I mentioned earlier, we're, we're taking this time to kind of spruce up some of our facilities. So he's at one of our facilities right now as we speak, painting and helping us out. So those kind of, those kind of uh, offers are always appreciated. And we'll do our best to try to find something for people who, who want something to do. Um, and again, for those that want to give of their philanthropy to us so we can continue this, um, uh, these endeavors, we, we're so grateful and appreciative of that. A lot of people don't know that the YMCA is bringing the C of YMCA back into prominence. Not only is the YMCA of Columbia Willamette reaching the needs of the unique communities in our area, but it's doing it in ways that show the love of Christ. So you can help out. Check out their website for direct information at ymcacw.org, ymcacw.org. That's ymcacw.org. So we've got about four minutes before we need to land the plane. Do you have any great stories in the recent coronavirus days, Tyler Wright, that you'd like to share when it comes to what the YMCA is doing to help us out? Um, yeah, besides everything else we talked about, I, I think this is more of, of the impact that RY, Mike, is making upon our community and how it's being nationally recognized. Uh, we have just been asked by our national organization to serve with five other YMCAs here on the West Coast in a new type of an alliance. Uh, and these are YMCAs that serve Los Angeles, Seattle, San Francisco, San Jose, some of the larger metropolitan cities on the West Coast, as well as Tacoma. Um, and we've been asked to serve on that as an example of the kind of work that this Y is doing to continually serve our communities and to think differently. 
as I mentioned earlier, as I hear people say that we've, you know, we've closed or we're temporarily closed, we're not closed. We pivoted. We, we changed a bit. We may, may not be able to serve the same amount of families that we once did, but we're still serving our families. So what an honor for our YMCA to be recognized by the national movement as an innovative uh, organization to work with other innovative organizations. And I think as we talk a little bit about possibilities and opportunities, this is an amazing opportunity for YMCAs to work across state lines, across contiguous service lines and bond together in developing um, responses, if you will, to other things that might arise. I'm praying to God that we will never have to uh, we ever have to suffer through this pe- this type of pandemic ever again. But even besides that, Mike, as you know, there are needs within our community, and they're not unique to the Columbia Willamette area. These are these are uh, needs and crises that are, are probably I'd say all over. You know, and they and they and they think in responses. I think can be replicated if we come together as an organization. So, I think that's just an amazing story for our our listening audience to know is that we we are here to serve Columbia Willamette, but the work we're doing is a shining beacon of example and hope for other organizations, especially the YMCA throughout the United States. Well, we're very proud of what you, Tyler Wright, and your entire crew at the YMCA of Columbia Willamette have done in this area and are continuing to do as you move forward. So when all of this starts getting back to a degree of normalcy, do you have, want to share any of your dreams for the future with the YMCA Columbia Willamette? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, one. Um, I, we are in the process right now of reinventing how we connect with children. Um, we will be launching Mike, as soon as as soon as we're able, we're going to be launching a, a progressive model where we will be connecting with our children from zero to 18, kind of that cradle to career type of mentality through a series of innovative, progressive, virtual new ways to develop our youth. Um, there's a wonderful organization called Friends of the Children um, in our particular community who provides adult mentoring to uh, to to at-risk children. Um, we're working with that organization to see how can we bring some of those aspects to YMCA programming. So I'm very excited uh, about the future of that. I think it's going to allow us to connect with kids in so many different ways while still maintaining some of the wonderful programs that we have today. Tyler Wright, thank you so much for what you and the YMCA of Columbia Willamette are continuing to do for our communities, especially in light of the coronavirus pandemic and restrictions that are currently going on. We really appreciate what you do. And is there anyone you want to send a shout out to on the way out, Tyler? Oh, just to all my all of our staff, all of our volunteers, to all of our communities. I sign off on every letter, and it's it's a truism. I know together. I used to say together we shall overcome. I now say together I know that we are overcoming. So remain hopeful. Put your faith in God. We are going to come out of this, and we're going to come out of it more learned and better equipped. Thanks again, Tyler Wright of the YMCA. Thank you, Mike. Thanks to all your listeners as well, too. Blessings to everyone. And thank you for joining Difference Makers. Difference Makers.